This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In today's edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Ryan Bibb and Pastor Josh Harima talk a bit more about Ryan's message based on the movie Breakthrough. And the key takeaway from today's episode is that you would press into your faith until you receive that breakthrough from God. Now, here's Pastor Ryan and Josh with more. Well, hey, it's Josh, Josh Harima here with Radiant Reflections, episode six. I'm going to stop having to do my fingers because I'm going to run out of fingers before we run out of episodes. So episode six of Radiant Reflections here with my buddy, Pastor Ryan. How you doing this morning, Ryan? Uh, doing well. Hey, uh, just before, in case I forget to say it at the end, uh, we would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you're on for listening or watching to this podcast, uh, go ahead and uh, and engage with us that way. We we would love some feedback from you, uh, just different different ideas that you have. If you have questions, we would, yeah, man, just go ahead and throw that out there. But uh, episode six, we just had our fourth episode, the last episode, in our At The Movies teaching series. And, uh, and Ryan looked at the movie Breakthrough. But before we get to that, yesterday was Mother's Day, Ryan. Yes, it was. So, so do you want to do, do a little podcast shout out to your mom or your mother-in-law or anybody? I feel like I have to now. You, you kind of do. Right? You can't, I can't not, I can't, not I can't, do this I can't, now. I can't put that to you. Then you're like, nah. Right. No, I'm good. Thanks. Next so. question. <laughs> No, yeah, um, my mom's been awesome. She's always there. She's she's been a, an individual that has always served us extremely well. Grateful, um, thankful for my my mom and uh, my mother in law who serves our family well. Um, it's it's just they're women are a blessing. They're an extreme blessing, and uh, I think it's more interesting being a guy trying to understand a mom. Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, we're super grateful uh, for my mom, my mother-in-law. Probably, honestly, uh, we don't say thank you enough to our moms out there. Enough. They do a lot of stuff. And just even thinking about my own wife and what she does in the home, I probably take it a little bit for granted and probably so do my kids, right? They just may not understand yet. But yeah, shout out to my mom, my mother-in-law, all moms out there that celebrated this past, um, this past weekend. Job well done. Keep it up. Yeah, moms, you guys rock. And uh, if you're out there and you have a mom or you know a mom and you think there's any possibility that you take that woman for granted, go and give her a hug or a high five or a $50 bill, something, just to say thanks, mom. But uh, there you go. $50 bill. $50 bill. Right. I don't know. I think, I don't know, if I was a mom I and somebody just gave me like a $50 bill, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be down with that. I don't know. Well, so anyways, episode four about the movies. We looked at the movie Breakthrough. Uh, and now, Ryan, in this movie, it's, it kind of has a little bit, and if you've not seen it, sorry, this will be a little bit of a spoiler, um, but you've got this kid that falls through the ice. So connected to that, I actually, this is, this is not a super serious question. Would you go out on a frozen body of water? Um, so in, in the movie Breakthrough, he was 14 years old with his buddies, uh, 14 or 15. And um, at that age, yes. Now, no, I'm a wimp. Like, I get scared with those things. Wise. I'm not going to go out there. Wise is the word, not wimp. Wise. Uh, both. Wise and wimp. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Um, especially deep. Like, not. Here's the scary thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm scared of deep waters. 
because I don't know what's underneath me. That kind of freaks me out a little bit. So I'll go on maybe some, some ice that I know, like, um, if I fall, I'm only a foot deep or something like that. But I'm not going to go out on ice not knowing, way out there not knowing. No, I'm scared. Dude, it blows my mind. In the winter, like here where, where, we, where we live, here in Sturgis, Michigan, there are a bunch of little lakes all around. And there's a lake nearby. And in the winter, there are people that drive their trucks across the frozen lake. And that blows my mind. That's, that, that is, honestly, that is super scary to me. Like, I won't walk on it, let alone drive like a multi-thousand pound <laughs> right. hunk of metal But as a 14, 15-year-old middle school boy, you're totally going on that water. See, I probably wouldn't have because I, I was a wimp even as a middle school boy. Like, you're I still don't, a wimp today. I don't, huh? I haven't I don't, past it. I don't like water, and I don't like the cold. So drowning to death in freezing cold water would be probably the worst way to go. Unless you were there were sharks, then you're like drowning while being eaten by sharks in freezing cold water. That would probably be the. That is why worst. we live near fresh water yes. and not salt yes. water. There you go. We don't have to worry about sharks. So also it's May, so don't go out on any lakes that are look frozen right now. Just public service announcement. Anyways, anyways, in this movie, <laughs> I'm derailing us all over the place. Um, in this movie, give us a little bit of a, 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 a sense of what happens in this movie. Obviously, it has something to do with ice, right? We, we hit on that. But what, ha- what happens in this movie? So this movie is based on a real-life story that happened in 2015. And uh, a guy by the name of John Smith, and like I said in my message, I didn't make that name up. Like, you feel like that's a maiden name. No, his name was literally John Smith. He was adopted by the Smith family. He was out on ice with his group of uh, buddies. They loved basketball, but they're just messing around. They went on the ice just to take a, a little picture. And um, unfortunately, as soon as the picture was kind of snapped and they went and checked it out, um, the ice broke underneath them. And the three middle school boys fell through the ice. And um, two were able to escape and get out of the freezing cold water, while one boy by the name of John Smith um, did not, and he ended up sinking to the bottom of the lake there, and uh, rescue divers came. For 15 minutes, he was underneath the water. Um, they finally pulled him up, uh, could not resuscitate him. He had no, no breathing. Uh, they brought him to the hospital, no brain activity, blood in his lungs. He was pronounced dead at the hospital there, and um, mom came in, Joyce Smith came in, um, kind of in, in a sense to say goodbye to his her her boy uh, in the ER, and she just prayed. She had incredible faith that you know with 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 man things may be impossible, but with God all things are possible. And she poured her grief and her heart out to God in that ER room. And um, all of a sudden, you know the the medical staffs out in the hall they can you know hear mom crying, grieving, praying out loud, and you know their monitors. All of a sudden, it's a and pulse, and they're like, what? Come back, and um, he's got a pulse, and they were able to bring him back to life, uh, resuscitate him to normalcy, if you will, and um, yeah, the mom just prayed a deep prayer, and I loved what the doctor of the ER said at the time. Um, He said, uh, patient died, mother prayed, patient came back to life, and that was the story. The whole story was just living this this idea of your faith out in the midst of hard times and difficult times and, and being a person of prayer, believing that, believing in the power of prayer. 
and he came back to life. And it was just an incredible real-life miracle that happened five years ago in the United States. Yeah, so now in this message, you know, Ryan, you, you referenced Luke chapter 7. Right? And, and this, is a, this is also a kind of a, a similar narrative. What Unpack Luke 7 for us here a little bit. Yeah, so in Luke 7, we're given a story of um, Jesus has this large crowd following him. Um, you know, they're super excited because this is Jesus. They're seeing him bring life and vitality to people. They're seeing his teachings. They're super excited about who he is, who he is and they're making this way. And they enter a city called Nain. And in Nain, Jesus, Jesus and his large crowd encounter another crowd. But this crowd is led by a mother who is devastated and heartbroken. And she is leading a funeral procession because her son has just died. We're not given the reason why her son died. You know, was it um, a childhood illness? Was it a tragic accident? We have no idea how, but we're given a little glimpse into that story of that this mom is leading the funeral session, uh, heartache, devastation, there's weeping, there's mourning going on. And not only did she lose, we're told her only son, but we're also told she's a widow. So she has gone through devastation before. She's lost her husband. Now she's leading this funeral procession to go bury her son. And Jesus and his crowd kind of intersect with this, um, this funeral procession. And Jesus performs a miracle right then and there. Um, he sees the woman and he has compassion for this mother and heals the boy and he came back to life. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like to be there, to be in the funeral procession and have this just mourning and weeping and heartache um, and just have it flipped like that to an excitement, exuberation, like, whoa, this Jesus, amazing. So now in Luke 7, we don't really get a great picture of this mom. Right? We don't we don't know if this mom had, you know, boatloads of faith. Right. right? But in, in breakthrough, you talk about this mom and how she's just I mean, she has super strong faith. Even, you know, you, you reference the fact that, you know, this John Smith's dad, he he didn't, he kinda like not, and I, I don't hey, if, if John Smith's dad is out there and he ever hears it, like, I'm not trying to, like, pick on you, right? I mean, again, this is as based on how it's portrayed in the movie, right? Like, right. I mean, he kind of flakes off a little bit, right? But the mom is like, nope, hey, I'm, um, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, and out of that, you see John Smith come back to life. What impact does our faith have on others, I mean, I mean, it plays out in an obvious way in this movie, right? We would say, well, hey, this, you know, this mom, Joyce, had faith, and, and that is connected to the fact that her son came back to life. Right. But what are some other ways that our faith impacts other people? Well, I think, especially in the movie, um, again, based on the, a real-life, true-life story, um, you get to the end of the movie and you realize that even, even Joyce Smith, the mother, um, her faith had impact on her husband, where her husband was understanding, um, I think, the way it was portrayed. Her husband is beginning to understand this faith idea. Her husband's understanding, what does it really look like to put Jesus first? What does it really look like to pray these things? And we don't know the impact that Joyce Smith had while she's in that ER room praying over her son that the doctors and the nurses hear. We have no idea the impact. 
we don't know the seeds that were planted in there, but we do know our faith impacts people. And I think it's a little mysterious. We don't know exactly sometimes how, um, how our faith impacts people. I was brought to a story in Mark, and I, I, this is one of my absolute favorite stories. And I think this will kind of help answer the question about faith and understanding things. I think it's in Mark, maybe not, but um, the paralytic, uh, where Jesus, uh, the, the three friends are bringing the paralytic, their friend to Jesus. Jesus is in a home. They can't get it. It's, the home's packed, right? And uh, what do the friends do? The friends in the middle of it um, start to rip the roof off to lower their friend down to Jesus. They have to get their friend to Jesus. That's their idea. And um, here it is, Mark chapter two. I love this. Um, Mark chapter two, verse five. Watch this. So the paralytic finally got down to Jesus and um, Jesus is in the room. He's probably looking up and sees his friends have lowered this guy. I just wonder what Jesus is going through. What's in his head? Like, man, this is great. Or is he like, what are you guys doing? Like, right. Imagine you're at home having dinner and like your roof starts to fall in and somebody starts lowering down. That'd be, that'd be a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, too, also when they're ripping this roof off, like debris is falling. Like, you wonder if Jesus is, <laughs> I'm trying to teach. Like, what, what's happening up there? Like, did he, did he pause? Is he just pushing through? What's happening? But here's something interesting. Like, it just jumped off me, off the page to me, this, the, even this morning. Um, Mark chapter 2, verse 5, it says, seeing their faith, the faith of the friends, Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus looked and told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, he did not say he saw the faith of the paralytic. He said, I saw the faith of the friends, so son, your, your sins are forgiven. That's mysterious to me. How can the faith of the friends have Jesus to look on the paralytic says, son, your sins are forgiven? Um, the paralytic never said, and to our knowledge, never said anything. But Jesus saw the faith of the friends and says, so, uh, and says to the paralytic, you're forgiven. So our faith can have an impact on people, but in a very mysterious way, sometimes that we don't understand. Like well, that story right there. And, and really, if you think about it, right, in this, in this movie and Breakthrough, right, John Smith, it, it wasn't because of his faith. He was dead. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, he wasn't... He wasn't really factored into this. So yeah, it was, it was the faith of his mother yeah. uh, on behalf. So that's, that's great. But it, you know, our faith can have impact. I mean, I'm sitting here in my role because of the faith of my parents, hmm. um, the generational impact that it's had on my life. I mean, I don't I know if I'm sitting here in this role, if my parents didn't have faith and weren't believers. I don't know. I mean, I would want to hope that the Lord grabbed a hold of my heart somewhere along the lines, right? And I, and I turned around, but I know I'm here because I, listen, I grew up in a Christian family with a praying mom and dad that always brought me to church and everything, and, and I grew up that way, but I'm in my role because of the faith of my parents also. Right. No, I have, uh, so I, have, I have two grandparents that are living still, and they're in their 80s, and every day they pray for every one of their children, every one of their grandchildren, every one of their great-grandchildren by name. Every day they do this. And they've done this for, to the best of my knowledge, as long as I've been alive. So yeah, yeah I mean, that, that family, and that's that so, family legacy. The, the so, what you said is so cool because of, great, of grandparents doing that. Um, my, my grandma, 
my, my dad's mom passed away, oh, maybe eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, somewhere there. And um, I remember before she passed away, she had told me uh, she would send my family cards, you know, birthday cards here and there or whatever. And in her last birthday card she sent to me, she says, I pray, Ryan, I pray for you and your family by name every single day. And so seeing that faith too, is just it's a generation. So yeah, I, I think we can see faith being played out, the impact on people um, through generations. But I also think faith acts, there's a mysterious way faith impacts people that we don't fully understand as well. So which kind of leads to another question because I'd want to unpack uh, just for a few minutes this idea of faith. Because really faith is, is kind of, an ambiguous term. It's like, well, you know, sometimes people will say things like, well, you know, you just have to have faith. You just have to have faith. And, and it can seem like uh, it's kind of, well, hey, I have no other way to explain this. You just have to have faith. And, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, sometimes people use it, and this is, this is super frustrating to me, sometimes people use it within church world as, as kind of a cop-out. You know, rather than engaging in an intellectual discussion about a t- subject, right? like, well, hey, you just, I just have faith. I just have faith. You just have to have faith. What, what is faith? You know, is that kind of an accurate representation of like, oh, well, hey, if I, don't, I don't understand this certain thing. I just have faith. Can that be a cop-out sometimes? What, help, help, help us kind of really understand what faith is. So I'm going to throw it back on you. What is faith? So now the, the biblical thing that, you know, we have, we have, is it uh, Hebrews? Hebrews, he talks about faith as being sure of what we hope for, you know, certain things we have not seen. But yet at, at the same time, again, so as far as people using it as a cop-out, do you, do you think that our faith is totally blind or do you think we so take take the uh, the resurrection of Jesus, right? Yep. Which is arguably the 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 foundation of Christian faith. Yep. Right. If Jesus never rose from the dead, right, we're wasting our time. I mean, and Paul talks about this, yeah. right? He, he says, "Dude, we should." <laughs> if Jesus didn't come back from the dead, pff, we're what's the point? We're what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, you take something like that, and you would have people that say, "Well, no, hey, that." That's not possible, you know. Like that's it's just that's a whole bunch of garbage, and and if we just respond, oh well, I just have faith. Is that some blind faith? Just oh, like, nope. I just I just believe this. I just believe this. I just believe this. Or is it is it a faith based on something? I don't, I don't know if any of this. No, makes it, sense. no, it I does. Just, it's just. <laughs> There's so much here, <laughs> right? And um, if faith, I, I read this morning by one, one of the pastors that I, I really look up to and respect, um, and he was joking around talking about faith, but the idea is like, he's like, I've heard faith be defined in so many different ways. Everyone defines faith this way, that way. And he's like, uh, here's one of my favorites, actually. It's um, putting God in front of your next step. And, uh, but, or it's putting God before your circumstances. And I was just like, man, there's so many people define faith in so many ways. And I think it's okay. I think we can use faith as a cop-out sometimes, right? Oh, you just have to have faith. Well, I do, 
But at the same time, I wrestle with something. All right, I'm going to go back into a story. Mark chapter 9. This is, this is where faith is very interesting, I think. Mark chapter 9, we're told that this guy, this, this, this father, uh, has a son that has um, his son's demon-possessed. And, he, and this father had gone up to some of the disciples of Jesus, and they could not drive out the demon from the boy. So the father finds Jesus, says, hey, I went to your disciples. They couldn't do it. Um, and Jesus says, okay, how long has this been happening to him? In Mark chapter 9, we're told, uh, the father says this, from childhood, he said, and many times it has thrown him into the fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, Everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the boy cried out, and here it is, cried out. This is what he said to Jesus. I do believe, help my unbelief. So there's like a paradox there that I have belief, but there's some unbelief here. Because a lot of people think that the opposite of faith is unbelief. I don't know if the opposite of faith is unbelief. I don't know what the opposite of faith, uh, of faith is, actually. <laughs> I wonder sometimes if the opposite of faith isn't familiar. We get so caught up in the familiar and it's comfortable that it doesn't ever stretch me. Hmm. I'm so comfortable with the next step. I don't know if I even need God because it's familiar. Hmm. And so here I wrestle and I highlighted in my Bible, I underlined it. I do believe, help my unbelief. I'm going to bring a a very personal situation in. Um, I prayed for someone on the phone um, and this individual had a family member that was given a diagnosis, like, hey, this cancer, way past stage. Um, you only have pretty much months to live. And so I believe God can do miracles. I've seen and witnessed God do miracles. I have, I have faith that God can do miracles. But at the same time, when I realized that I prayed for this individual, I walked away knowing I did not pray for a miracle because I was trusting the doctor's report that actually this person will be gone. So I walked away sitting there going, wrestling with what this father wrestled with. I do believe, help my unbelief. And I actually got done off the phone, wrestled with God saying, why didn't I pray for God for you to do a miraculous healing in this person? Was it because I've already, if you will, was it because I've already believed the death sentence from the doctor? Because instead what I prayed is I prayed for the peace. I prayed for um, God's presence would just overwhelm this person during this. During, I said the, the, maybe the final months of their life. That's what I prayed for. But I walked away wrestling in my own heart. Ryan, why did you not pray for a miracle? Because you believe it. You believe it can happen. But why did you not in that moment? So, but now do you think that we do that sometimes because, you know, one of the things that grows our faith, right, is, is when we, when we see prayers answered, right? So, so let's say, let's say I pray for uh, Timmy and, you know, Timmy has some terrible disease and I pray for Timmy. I'm like, Lord, heal Timmy. And that happens. You know, that can, that can really grow my faith because it's like, whoa, like God showed up in a huge way. Do you think sometimes we play it safe because we are scared that if it doesn't happen the way we pray for, it will shrink our faith? Yes. And I, (laughs) yes, I do think that. I think some people wrestle with that, that it will, if, if I pray for this and it doesn't happen, my faith will shrink. Yes. 
I've realized what I think the Lord revealed to me in that situation is it wasn't my faith per se that was wrecked in my prayer or that was challenged, is I felt like I had to have God's back. And God, if you did not do this, what effect on the faith of the person I'm praying with will it have? So almost in a sense of I had to protect you, God, <laughs> and that's not my right, right? It's, no, but, but hey, real quick, I want to jump in because you actually see that in, in the Old Testament. I believe it's Moses on a couple of times, right? He actually takes kind of that role. And I'm not saying that you have to be Moses, but he says, hey, Lord, if you do this thing that you just told me that you want to do, what are the people going to say about you? Yeah. I mean, so that's not without yeah. precedent, I don't think. Yeah. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I was trying to, yeah, protect almost in a sense of a, maybe perhaps a fragile person that if, if my pastor's praying this and it doesn't happen, what kind of God is this? And so, I, yeah, I, I wrestle with it. I wrestle with um faith and unbelief and what do we believe about miracles and, and things like that. But I said it in, in my message, listen, what I realized too walking away is, and I said it in my message on Sunday, is God does miracles. And just because God chooses to take this individual in three weeks from now because of the cancer, God has still done a miracle in that person's body and they're healed now. And I have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And it's a wrestling of my own faith of what do I believe and understanding that, man, if my next steps doesn't require some incredible um, intervention by God, I don't. I think I may have small faith. But I always want to have big faith. I always want to believe in big things because we we serve a big God. So yeah, I mean, man, wrestle faith, unbelief, <laughs> doubt, questions. Like it's all okay, and I think God God can take all of that, and it's hard to have that nailed down answer sometimes in our faith. Sometimes we just don't know, but we call it a leap of faith. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I heard an analogy of faith. Faith is climbing to a tree, getting out to the edge of a limb and cutting the limb off, but watching the tree fall. Like I was like, that is so, like, that'll, that'll mess with your mind. Let a that bit just there. sit for a minute. Like I was like, that's a great analogy. That screws with your head a little bit. Um, but there it is. It, it's a beautiful, faith is a beautiful thing. There's, there's mystery behind it, but there's absolute incredible wisdom behind it as well. It, it's just beautiful. But again, but again, this is, I do, I do want to kind of get across to that. This isn't a blind, this isn't a, oh, well, man, I'm hoping, you know, I, I hope this whole Jesus thing pans out. I hope, you know, faith is not, oh, how do I want to say it? Faith is not a Placement for, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. So you'll have to jump in and if I totally butcher this. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of making this up as I go. Uh, faith is not a replacement for an intellectual, uh, I don't want to, dude, how do I want to say it? Like, I, again, a lot of people again, think for faith people is a crutch. They think it, oh, but it's not, I, I'm saying like, like I can't just write things off and say, oh, well, I just have to have faith or I just have faith. And you ignore reality. Right, like so. So no, God and, has given us wisdom, and you, you know, like I mean, several years ago, like when I first moved to Sturgis, right, like I would engage with certain representatives from. There's a there's a religious group. I want I don't want to like throw anybody on the bus, right? But it's a religious group. They would consider themselves Christian. Uh your your Christianity would not consider them Christian. 
Uh, and I would engage with them, right? And we would have discussions about, hey, well, no, this is this is what we would, our stance on this, and that we would kind of, we'd go back and forth. They were fantastic conversations. But I became very frustrated because when I would really push some issues to try to unpack the, the, the things behind their beliefs, uh, rather than engage with what I was asking them, they would say, oh, well, no, you just have to believe. You just have faith, and then you'll know that it's true. And I said, that isn't an answer. Right. Like, that's, like, no, I'm like, I'm, like there's clear-cut things here that, that, that kind of poke holes in their belief system, but rather than engage with that, they, they would, well, no, oh, no, you just have to have faith. You just have to have faith. And one of the things that we can say within our faith, though, is that, remember, we've got the presence of God with us. We have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us within the midst of our faith as well. And so we can have absolute peace of mind knowing, hey, that, that is what we call a leap of faith. I, I, I got to have faith here or whatever, that leap of faith, that next step. But I also can know I can have peace in the midst of it, even though there's some unbelief, even though there might be some little smidges of doubt in my mind, but I know the peace of God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. I know it's right. I got to do it. It's faith. I'm stepping out, but I know the Holy Spirit's there and there's, there's conviction. There's almost that, that seal of approval and I know it, it's the right thing to do. And that's where I don't, I would, re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's a tension. It's there's a tension, tension. because... Right. Well, well, we shouldn't use like faith as a as a cop out to engage. And guess what? There are fantastic resources out there. If you're curious about the intellectual aspect of Christianity, there are fantastic resources. William Lane Craig, uh, Frank. Tur- I mean, there are, there are guys that have like brilliant dude, way smarter than me, right? I mean, and and they come at it from a more intellectual standpoint. Well, so if- Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel. I mean, he was he was a he was a guy who was an atheist. He was an atheist out to prove that God did not exist, and in the in his journey to prove that God did not exist, he became he a follower of Jesus. <laughs> came to encounter Jesus, yeah, and then wrote the book Case for Christ, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's there are fantastic resources. So don't use faith as as a kind of a cop out to engage with with Christianity or the whole Jesus concept intellectually. But the flip side of that, and that's, this is why there's tension, <clears throat> don't, don't only say, oh, well, no, hey, well, intellectually, you know, this doesn't make sense. Which, again, great, there's great intellectual resources. So if you're going to say, well, hey, Richard Dawkins says, well, at least examine some of the evidence on the other side. Uh, but, but don't ignore the fact that there is a mystery. And guess what? We're dealing with the supernatural. Yeah. So, so if you want to, I mean— The you, supernatural in the natural is unnatural. Right. I mean, and, I mean, you have a science background, right? Yeah. So this is not like, a, oh, well, hey, like I, science doesn't count. Like none of that is real. I think like, science you know, and faith can come hand in hand. Absolutely. Beautifully. Absolutely. So, so yeah. just make sure that when you do this, try to live in that tension. Don't say, yeah. oh, well, based on science, this can't happen. Science can't, by definition of what science is, right? They, they can't really do anything with the supernatural. Can I just say, <laughs> you don't have science without a creator. No, I You don't have I, life I, without a creator. I, I love science because I think science demonstrates so much of who our God is and what he created. And it's, the beauty it's of fantastic. it. It's awesome. And, and we're going we're gonna to land the plane here, but um, I will say, you know, even speaking, you know, I believe that God can do miracles. I have faith that God can do miracles. And yet we pray over people that you look 
with just intelligence. So set, set faith aside for a moment. You just look at a person with a medical tumor that says, this is inoperable. I don't know what we're going to do with this thing, right? And, and you look at the physical evidence, the empirical evidence, and you sit there and go, hey, yes, this is inoperable. What's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen, okay? Throw faith in there. I do believe God can take that, that tumor and relieve it and completely remove it from that person, then we pray over that person, and the next day, literally, they go into the doctor's office, and they do their scans and says, that tumor is gone. That's, though, that's faith, too, is, yes, even to the human, take faith out. To the human mind, that looks inoperable. I don't know what we're going to do. It's cancerous and everything, but then add faith in it, believing that the God of miracles can do it, and we believe it, and we lay hands on this person, we anoint them with oil, we pray over them, and the next day, the tumor's gone. But the other side of that is... You go into the doctor the next day, and the tumor isn't there. Faith, or, or the tumor is there, right? Faith is saying, even though the tumor is still there, I'm still going to trust that God is who he says he is, that yeah. God is still good, even in the midst yeah. of this, I mean, terrible circumstance. I mean, we don't want to make light of you know, things like cancer. No, but <laughs> it goes back to the story in Mark chapter 9. I believe, help my unbelief. Right? I, 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 I asked your disciples because I believe in your power, Jesus, to heal my boy, and you didn't. Now I'm going to go to you. I believe you can, but help my unbelief in this moment. It's the wrestle of the, of the two. Yeah, but it, what we are not saying, and I do think, and you can jump in to correct, <clears throat> what we are not saying is, hey, if you have cancer and you pray and it doesn't go away, that does not mean that you don't have faith. Absolutely. That, that does not mean right. yeah. that, that, oh, well, you just need to pray harder or you just you need to believe more. <clears throat> Again, it's it's even in the midst of that, faith is saying, Lord, even though this isn't going away, you are who you say you are. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll say this. I, I've had my disease for 21 years now. I've prayed for this thing to go away. Um, it has not wrecked my faith. It hasn't gone away yet. Um, but I still believe who God says he is yeah, yeah. in the midst of it. Yeah. So, hey, here's here's the thing. As, as you go throughout your life, as you go day by day, Right. Be looking for the ways that God is moving. When we see God move, uh, that is a that is a faith builder. I'll tell you, what, there have been times in my life where I, I've I've kind of wanted to just throw in the towel, say, you know, forget this whole God thing. But I've seen God do too many things yeah. to be able to walk away. To where it's like it's like no, like there's there's no other explanation for for certain things that have happened over the the decades of my life. Is like I've seen God do too many things. I I can't walk away. Right, and when we see when we see the way that God works, I think that that grows our faith, uh, and we're able to to trust Him even more, you know, as we as we see those things play out. But faith is a beautiful thing. Yeah, scary sometimes. Yep, but it's but it's good. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us here for episode six of Radiant Reflections, a podcast of Radiant Life Church. Again, we would love it if you would rate this, review it, subscribe to whatever platform you're on. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. You'll get notifications when we create new content. Uh, but yeah, we just we appreciate you guys taking time to hang out with us uh, and just dig into this material. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. 
Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.